Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preacher's contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome to Godsplaining. This is Father Jacob Bertrand, and I'm here today with our very own Father Joseph Anthony Cress. Father Joseph Anthony, how are you doing? Oh, good. Doing good. It is uh, full, full-on basketball season. Right, we've gotten through uh, Christmas, New Year's, and all that stuff, and now we're into the heart of uh, college basketball conference play. So, being the chaplain at UVA, that means it's ACC ball, and it's intense and it's good. So, yeah, I'm I'm in a, I'm in a good place, just like living the living the dream with college basketball right now. I love how you kind of define like what's going on in your life in the seasons of the year by like big holidays and then sports season. (laughs) It's like Christmas, New Year's, basketball. Basketball. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's exciting things. So cool. Things have kicked off on the on campus, I assume then kind of in full swing. Yeah. Yeah. We're just we're just off and running and and just kinda yeah, uh making things happen and, and get back into the swing of things. So it's really exciting. Nice. Yeah. Pretty similar here too now that it's a couple weeks into the semester. And I think we might have started well, I say we I don't teach, yeah. I don't take classes, but uh, here at the House of Studies, we, there you go. Uh, I think we started a week before you, but same thing, kind of mm-hmm. rolling, getting through January. I don't know. There's not much. It's kind of a, I don't know, whatever, winter. It's fine. Beginning of the semester. Rolling in fine, the deep, so. as Adele would say. Is that where you are? She might say that. I didn't, yeah. but uh-uh. yeah, that's a way to think about it. So that's great. <laughs> um, we could do an episode on Adele, maybe. I don't know, but uh, we're not. Uh we could have Adele on the podcast. If anybody has some sweet connections to Adele, you can send them that would our be way. Great. Yeah. But uh, that's not what we're doing today. Today we're talking about something a little more, a little different. Uh, the The title, perhaps, is worth like commenting on the title. The title of the episode is called "Dumping Your Friends." Um, might that's be a very aggressive title. Aggressive, yeah, aggressive, aggressive, harsh, on the nose. But you know, Bam. I came up with the title, and uh, very New England, yeah. It's just what I was, it's, it's to the point, you know, what we're going to talk about, <laughs> dumping your friends. So uh, even though, yeah, aggressive, harsh, on the nose, um, to the point, whatever you want to call it, um, I think there is something, or there is something real to talk oh, yeah. about with this, oh, yeah. uh, and we'll contextualize it just a, in just a second. Um, but I think, uh, or not, I think I know that the this sort of question of maybe dealing with your friends or dealing with various relationships um, has come up in the context of conversion. So I've been asked, and I'm sure Father Joseph Anthony has experienced uh, on campus or elsewhere, you know, kind of this question of once, you know, when you begin to take the faith more seriously, or when the Lord begins to offer you graces to pull you in and you, and you respond to that, um, you know, when you're, when you continue on sort of in this, in, in a conversion or something like a reversion, whatever you want to title it, these things don't happen in a vacuum. And one of the things that is affected by our relationship with Christ is our relationships with other people and with our friends. So that's what we want to talk about. And sometimes, uh, well, we're going to talk about the difficulties there really and how, how, how to handle those, what those might look like and that sort of thing. So I guess the, the title kind of betrays a question or, or begs the question of like, should, how should friendships be handled? Uh, ones that sort of need to be reassessed in the light of conversion or changes mm-hmm. in life or that sort of thing. So yeah, by the way, I don't know. Do you have anything else to contextualize no, I, I with? The context that 
I, I want to throw out there is the reality that conversion affects our lives, right? And, and this is, we see this a lot of times, whether it's somebody who uh, has never experienced the faith and they're going through a deep conversion and, um, you know, converting to the faith or somebody who maybe has been raised as a cradle Catholic and went to Catholic school, but have this moment where they deepen their faith because our relationship with God is the foundational relationship of our lives. When that relationship with God changes, and when we talk about a conversion, we're talking about a positive change, a good change, it then affects all the other relationships in our lives. And this is what then is initiating this conversation of, well, how does that affect other friendships in our lives? And is there a certain point where we have to kind of separate ourselves from friends of the past or pre-conversion friends? That was a, you know, a term that was thrown around in my college days, you know. Uh, BC before conversion type of a thing, uh, you know. Oh, those are my BC friends, or that's I did that back in my BC days. Uh, but like, how do you reconcile some aspects of life, friendships, whatever it may be, uh, before conversion, and as well as on the on the other side, on the reverse side of it? So that that's kind of what we're uh, initi or what has initiated some of this conversation, and, and what we're looking to uh, dig into. Yeah, and I think is is kind of in different ways, but a but perhaps a, a kind of widespread. Or I was going to say universal, as if I don't know if every single person has ever experienced this, but general enough that people have have experienced the way ways in which relationships have been adjusted or needed to be adjusted in mm -hmm. light of growing closer to Christ. For myself, for my part, I had a sort of I don't know typical. Uh, kind of reversion. Grew up cradle Catholic, but it was in in college where I began to take the faith um, seriously, and where I you know, discerned my vocation. and And I entered just like Father Joseph Anthony uh, entered mm -hmm. uh, the order just after graduating from college. The summer after graduating from college, and I didn't really have myself any any sort of huge pushback to my uh, like conversion in college um, in the loose sense. I think people were either indifferent or generally supportive. So I didn't really, I mean, there were certainly things that I, you know, stopped doing or, you know, those yeah. kind of things, um, mm -hmm. you know, like probably not staying out as late and, you know, like just living a life more prioritized on the Lord. So, but I didn't have any real difficulties in, in the sense of like, I really had to get rid of friends and that sort of thing. But I know that some people have, and some people do, and um, people like experience like mockery or misrepresentation as they right. try to live um, more closely with the Lord, you know, charged with hypocrisy or bigotry, mm -hmm. you know, for, for living in a particular way, especially if there's, you know, a, a real sort of separation from like, like Father Joseph Anthony was saying, like the BC before conversion, like a real separation from things uh, that you were doing in, in, in your past life with friends and whether that's, you know, partying or whatever it might be. But you know, even like the accusation of like, oh, you don't want to do this anymore. You're boring, like these sort of things. So um, all of those are real. I, I imagine that that you being on a on a college campus kind of experience this through other people a bit more regularly or a bit more often. Yeah. I don't know if there's more to describe there, but at least sets the scene a little bit with what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, it. it's the, I think we always have to get to the reality and to the point that we admit and have to confront the fact that following Jesus Christ, you know, having a relationship with him, growing in our faith, and particularly the Catholic faith, which has been kind of this 
caricature of you know the epitome of religiosity in in different ways and becomes this kind of figurehead or a cartoon character to uh you know when people are wanting to take their shots at organized religion or whatever it's very easy to target the catholic church so all of those things are at play but we have to admit and and recognize the reality that a life with jesus christ is countercultural that's the reality and i think there's this temptation that a life you know friends or a lifestyle and that not necessarily always you know very destructive but they can just be you know good things um is comfortable and to leave something comfortable or to maybe recognize that it's not bad but it's not necessarily pushing you towards the greatness and your fulfillment in uh the fullness of how you've been created but a life with jesus christ is countercultural it is a, a decisive point like there are decisions there are consequences and it is not mainstream it's not comfortable and it's not the easy way out and so when a conversion happens and somebody begins to start not just believing but also seeing the integration of head and heart and a lifestyle with the intellectual conversion that's happening and, and all of those things well it means that there's going to be a change that happens and that sometimes can be uh, hard to reconcile or those around you are going to be like, wait, where's this coming from? This isn't the person that I knew. You know, is this judgmental or uh, what, what's happening here? Where, where's the person I thought I knew? So these types of questions may come about, but it is something to recognize and not to be afraid of, not to be surprised by the fact that our life with Jesus Christ is kind of a fork at the road and it's yeah you know that's um, certainly I, i'm yeah. trying to attribute like why you know w what's the reason for this that's that's certainly you know at the center of this that that um that conversion is something that is is kind of life-consuming you know from the other point of view too from from those who might be critical or friends that might have difficulty with what you are, the way you are proposing to live now for yourself, you know, sometimes people just don't get it. Fine. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I think it's, I don't mean to be sort of brash there, but we have to recognize that faith is a gift and that our Lord yes. in his providence and in the mystery of his providence draws certain people to him. So we can't, sometimes it's easy to be critical of people who are critical of us as I, whether or not that's fair, whether or not that's a self-defense kind of mechanism. It's, I think good to recognize that, you know, the Lord calls people to him in different ways and offers grace in different ways. Um, and that's a gift. And we can't always attribute like exactly, well, why is this person doing X, Y, or Z? Don't they love mm -hmm. me? Don't they want to be? Well, maybe they do, but this is part of like the mystery of God's providence. Um, the other thing too here is that the way we live, our living a certain way calls attention to the ways in which other people live. And this isn't always an easy thing. So if you, you know, if you had been given to, I don't know, going out and, and partying a bit more than you should on the weekends and you decide, mm, I'm going to stop doing that, um, that, 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 that there's an implicit or explicit criticism of the people who continue to do that. And that's, that's sometimes a, a tough pill to swallow for other people because they think that you're calling them bad or, you know, it might be bad things that they're doing or they might be bad people. I don't know. But mm -hmm. again, these are just reasons to consider, okay, why, are, why might people have difficulty with the reality of my conversion? 
and I don't know, at least the last thing here for like well, why I mean, the problem that I'll that I'll say is like this is this isn't a, a novel, a new contemporary thing. You know, we can look back through the scriptures, all through the history of Christianity and see see this this dynamic, I was gonna say, alive and well. I don't know if it's well, but well in as much as it exists. So <laughs> Yeah. 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 Well, I mean that that second point is very important because I remember uh what is it? a story of Graham Greene, who I, I think, uh, I'm sure uh, Father Gregory has told this story before, but Graham Greene went to see Padre Pio in Italy and went to Mass, and after the Mass, one of the Franciscan friars came up to Graham Greene and said, hey, Padre Pio wants to see you. We can bring you back to the sacristy. He wants to meet you. And Graham Greene refused because said said, no, because if I meet this man, I will have to change my life. And I think that speaks to that second thing is like when people are pursuing holiness, pursuing a depth of relationship with Jesus, they start to live differently. There's always that kind of just it's in the air that like implicit question of, well, should I be doing this too? Like Graham Greene, you know, had a very tortured life in uh, different ways. And, you know, at that point, he wasn't ready to change. And so he just didn't want to be in the proximity of somebody who is pursuing a life with christ mm -hmm. so you find that if like when you then very intentionally pursue uh you know and following our lord jesus and growing in the faith growing in virtue relying more upon grace and the mercy of god for those that aren't ready to do that yet they may want to distance themselves from you or they just don't want you around and that's not and that's just uh sometimes the reality of it yeah and so then the question is, what what is it that we do with that? And right. we're going to talk about that in a couple <laughs> minutes. But that's uh, part but two. Is, yeah, but it is the question on the table. It's like, okay, well, what do we what do we do with that? And how do mm -hmm. we how do we handle that? And um, and those sorts of things. So um, in just a minute, we're going to take a break, and and then when we come back, I think it'll be a good thing to. Um, we've talked about friendship. We've talked about relationships in different versions of that in different episodes, but at least it'll be good for the sake of this conversation to um, just give a, 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 a kind of quick understanding definition, whatever of friendship of the ideal friendship, um, what we're not the ideal friendship, but the ideal that we're striving for, mm -hmm. we might not ever rise to that ourselves or our friends. But if we don't know what what is kind of the model, then we can't pursue it. And then but then talk about, okay, well, how does the reality of all this come together? How does the rubber hit the road, so to speak. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about those things, friendships and the practicals of dealing with friendships. Uh, so for the moment, stay tuned. You are listening to Godsplaining. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. Welcome back to God's Planning. I am Father Jacob Bertrand here with Father Joseph Anthony. Uh, we are talking today about dumping your friends. Uh, we have not yet gotten to the point of dumping friends in our conversation, but we might. So uh, let's hope so. Stay with us. But we have been talking about the reality of dealing with. Um, dealing with changes in friendships and relationships, but friendships in particular, 
um, in the context of our conversion of how our growing closer to the Lord affects those relationships, our other relationships and how to react um, to them. And we were, we were talking about just the reality of it, um, that people might not get it. People might not get us. People might get annoyed with us. Fine. And then reasons as to why, at least giving some general reasons. But I think we both can say that like you can never really give a full account for the way in which people react and the way in which that, you know, we don't have access to their mind and their heart. So fine, such as such as the reality. But before the break, I was saying that we would take a minute just to talk about what friendship is so that we can have this in our mind when we're talking about, well, why might we have to invest more or pull back more or readjust our commitments in our friendships so as to pursue excellence in friendship. So um, if you want to, I, like, I, like I also said just before the break that we have other episodes on friendship and relationships and these sort of things. So if you want, yeah, yeah, more detailed kind of stuff, just scroll up through, through some other episodes. But for our, for our sake, I think a few points are important that, um, first friendship, um, friendship is, you know, it's about love. It's about charity between Mm -hmm. two, two people that, that pursues two things that are worth pointing out one, the good of the other. So if I were friends with father Joseph Anthony, um, and yes. for that to be <laughs> right, <laughs> for that to be an authentic friendship, I would have to desire his good as my own. Um, right. You know that that I would want, and ultimately, that's our ultimate good is the Lord. You know, mm-hmm. wanting wanting our Lord for Father Joseph Anthony as I want the Lord for myself. We could say, and also lower goods too. You know, his happiness, his fulfillment, these sort of things, as if it was my own happiness and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also this idea of union. So pursuing the good, the other's good, as if it were your own and union. Um, in that we are, we our friendship unites two people together such that we can rejoice together, share in our, one another's happinesses. We can, um, share in one another's sorrows and, and crosses together and, and, you know, those sort of things. Um, so I think those are two really important things. Like the question of the good is the mm-hmm. good being sought and are we doing this together? Because sometimes friendships, perhaps the, the, the first is easier to understand, but the question of union, sometimes friendships are between um, between people who are not equals in the sense of like, you might have a, a type of friendship with somebody who's older and more of a mentor, but there's not mm-hmm. that same kind of union. You know, that's not a bad relationship, but it's not the kind of intimate friendship between somebody who's like an equal. I think one other thing here that I'll mention, and then I'll stop and see if Father Joseph Anthony has anything to add, amend, whatever, is this, this idea of sharing and intimacy, obviously not physical intimacy, but the intimacy of sharing one's life. I think that rules down, rules out like a large number of close friends when we're talking about Mm -hmm. friendships, um, because you're not going to share every aspect of your life with everybody you might see in like your, whatever gen ed classes that you're taking at school. But this is like, this is something that grows over time, but also ought to be an end or something that's aimed at in friendship that you can share with somebody without the risk of rejection or whatever, or, you know, these kind of things, um, and expect that that person also shares with you. So for thinking, what are signposts of, of friendship, the idea that we're, you know, pursuing the good, pursuing union and this level of sharing or intimacy. So keep some of those in mind. I don't know if you have anything to contribute yeah, or I mean, add or amend. It's, this might spur into a whole nother episode. But, like, I think we really need to consider, like, what friendship is and, like, how we use friendship. Like, Facebook has destroyed the concept of friends. Like, like that's that's the reality, is that in setting up that social media platform and the connections between person to person was titled friend, and then that became a numerical value, and that became its own status symbol, it has, 
destroyed that the title of friend. And so nobody really understands what a friend is. So like, I think the points that you put out there is that a, a good, authentic, virtuous friendship is ordered towards the good of the other, sharing in union as if it's the individual himself, right? And um, it is, is really important to kind of reevaluate, recontextualize what we mean by when we use that word friend. Mm. Um, is this person a friend? Is this a good friend? Is this my close friend? Is this my best friend? See, we keep throwing qualifiers on top of these things. Um, but I think more than anything, like people just re rely upon friendships of proximity. And especially as I'm dealing with college students and university students, you know, they, they struggle with post-university life because they have no friends. Well, because their workplaces have a diversity of age ranges, life statuses, and all these other issues. And they've been only taught to depend upon friendships of proximity and yeah. running in and just being near somebody. And then that's how you uh, build a friendship. And so th there's all these other dynamics that are playing in there. But to just like take, take that step back and say, no, a good virtuous friendship is one that is ordered towards the good of the other and towards unity. Uh, I remember C.S. Lewis talking about an element of friendship is where you stand next to somebody looking at something else and go, oh, you too? Like you like that thing too, like that, that, so now we share this unity that we are shoulder to shoulder with each other engaged in something else and that we're uni unified in one in that. Um, so I think those two elements are really, really important and huge to them be able to uh, step into and have as that criteria of what we are talking about as friends. Yeah. I think that shoulder to shoulder imagery is good. Um, I perhaps. I haven't thought about it, but you just saying that has made me kind of think of like, what is the posture of friendship? Mm -hmm. um, is it sort of like having a mirror in front of you that you're that you're looking at yourself such that it's like, what do I get out of this relationship? How does this relationship serve me? I like that's probably the wrong posture. Is it such that like your friends are you're just looking at each other in a kind of insular way? Or is it and sometimes I think with like sharing and that sort of stuff? Yeah, you, you kind of turn into one another to do that. But ultimately it's like you're you're going towards the same thing together mm -hmm. like shoulder to shoulder like looking at the lord looking at like things you know whatever whether it's even in the like the context obviously we're talking about friendship and not marriage but like the context of marriage like going towards the lord together um growing yeah. in holiness you know these religious life same thing you know it's like what are we where are we aim like what is the posture quote unquote of of our relationships i think that's a good way to sort of even do a little self-reflection and it's really important because you mentioned something like friendship is really only possible between equals, right? If there's a power dynamic, th that's not a friendship. Uh, like it has to be between equals. This is, you know, Aristotle talks about that. But like this is also then the uniqueness and the, the beauty of the fact that God has called us friends. Like there's no way we could ever ascend to friendship with the divine. But he's mm -hmm. lowered himself down and brought himself to our descended to our level in order to invite us into that friendship so that's that and we have to keep we have to keep trucking on because we we got more to cover man we haven't even got to dumping them yet and telling them how to well, do that's it. what i was just gonna say let's talk about that so we've talked about the problem at hand we've talked about what friendship is so how to deal with how to enter into those issues dynamics in a constructive way uh, so maybe like practicals of dealing with friends um, who don't like you or who are having a difficult time with you because you're wanting to grow closer to Christ. I remember this was a few years ago, and um, I think it was at Summer Projects. We, I was chatting with 
uh, a group of students at Focus's summer program called Summer Projects. And um, it was nearing the end of the summer. Uh, they, it's like a 10 week program. And then they go back to campus, you know, pretty quickly after this. And one of the mm -hmm. things that I was trying to encourage them to do was to recognize how it, how, it, how it was that the Lord has been working in their lives the last 10 weeks, because our Lord doesn't um, do things in sort of isolation uh, such that they don't mm -hmm. affect the future and where we're going, you know? So like, that doesn't mean what I was clear, like this doesn't mean that what you did this summer needs to be exactly replicated when you get back to campus, but what has the Lord been doing and what is he, how is he asking you to grow closer to him and how is that gonna look on campus? And one of the things, that came up is like, what does this mean for your friendships? Like, are you ready to have difficulty with friends if you're mm. coming back and wanting to pursue Christ? Yeah. Um, so one of the first things that I think we have to ask, and we kind of were talking about this with the different forms of friendship, but like, what is the nature of the particular friendship yes. that is causing difficulty? Is this relationship conducive? So the way I frame it, the way I rec tell people, the way I think about it, even in my own life, um, is, is this relationship, is this friendship conducive to your, to my growing in holiness? And that's, that's, you know, life is a bit more complicated than just a yes or no, but there, we have to be able to assess on that level. Like, is this relationship conducive to my growing in holiness? Um, if it, if it's not, then how, how do we need to back out of it or how do we need to amend it so that it can mm -hmm. be? If it is great, continue to grow in virtue. That doesn't mean it has to be absolutely perfect, but continue yeah. that. Yeah. If we're unsure, then you know, weigh the weigh weigh the issues at hand. But I think that's that's a sort of step into like, okay, well, here's some difficulty with this person. Um, they're they're kind of getting on my back because of things of my conversion and the in my my faith and that kind of thing. Question one: What's the nature of that friendship? Is this friendship convenient to go out and like party and that sort of thing? It's like, okay, well then why continue in the relationship? Is there more there? Okay, if there is, well, how do we pursue? How do we amend? How do we let this friendship grow in virtue towards that goodness, union, and sharing kind of thing? So that, I think that's a place to start. I, I don't know if you have a different place to start for yeah, no, me or if we it's can huge. launch off and of I that. Mean, there's kind of along that question, like using that C.S. Lewis image, it's like, what is the thing that you're both looking at saying, this is the good that we're going to pursue? Is that holiness? Is that, you know, a, a faith in Jesus that I can, we can assist each other in, push each other? Now, maybe that we're not doing the best. Maybe the other person's, you know, you're, you're pulling them back or, or whatever. But, um, you know, th that can be a thing. And it's not saying that, like, friendships that are based on hobbies are bad friendships, but mm -hmm. there, there's a certain limit to them. Um, and so, yeah, having that evaluation is like, is this helping me to become a holier person? Like, I'm going to be very blunt and direct. Like, the only thing that matters, the only thing that lasts is holiness in union with Jesus. And if nobody's going, like, if you don't have the people around you to assist in that, jettison them. Like, that, like, nothing else matters. You know, fame, businesses, status, clout, um, nothing else matters like there's no legacy else that is going to continue outside of union with jesus in holiness and so we have to put the people in our lives that are going to assist us in the most important things of our lives and that's it yeah and so if if this person isn't going to be you know let's say they're not helping but they're not hurting okay but if somebody is toxic and actually not assisting and not pursuing, not encouraging that kind of holiness, done. 
dump your friends. Uh, no, I think, it, and what Father Joseph Anthony was saying is, is it's important to recognize that like there are different types, you know, business friendships, quote unquote, or like, you know, professional friendships or relationships can be good and useful in as much as they are those things. Like you need yeah. colleagues or associates, like, and that can be fun and, and like, you know, have these kind of acquaintances or even like friendships that aren't t terribly deep. Um, but that, that work for that. But as far as like, well, what is, what is the support of the sort of support system? Well, who are those that you share with? And, um, one, you, that those have to be present in your life, but also they need to be present in this way, pursuing Christ. So the question then is like, well, okay, if there's, if there's a sort of like question of, well, here's this relationship, it's been difficult and I need to reassess. Well, I think this calls for a bit of like, vulnerability a bit of mm -hmm. like uh courage and vulnerability in that um you know a conversation is probably needs to be had uh because letting things fester is never helpful um but you know asking the question like can things be changed in this friendship such that the relationship can last and that might have to have like an honest conversation uh to talk about like what's going on in your life and what's going on in their life and perhaps like i don't think you have to say we need to set boundaries but even having your own boundaries like getting into these you know, kind of whatever settings or situations that are not conducive to, you know, staying up to 3am and going out on a Saturday night with this person to have fun, it might be a lot of fun, but like, I can't get up for mass in the morning. So like, that's mm -hmm. an issue. So that might just need to be talked about. Um, and then as Father Joseph Anthony was saying, the question of like, does this friendship need to be ended? Um, again, I don't think that you have to go up to somebody and be like, hey, we're done. But, you know, maybe speaking about it or just taking a step back quietly and kind of letting things take their natural course. Not every friendship has to last forever. And even yes. good friendships don't always yes. last forever. Mm -hmm. But it's, again, going back to this question, like, is this relationship conducive to your growing in holiness? And one thing that popped into my mind that I did want to say is that's not a selfish question. Thinking about your holiness and your good. Because remember, ultimately, if it's not conducive to your growth and holiness, it's also not conducive to your friend's growth and holiness. You know, this this thing is that we're pursuing together, this thing of union. So it's it's worth having these thoughts, uh, whatever, um, thinking about this yourself, but also having the conversations necessary to, to grow here and to grow together here. And I, I think that conversation that you're saying is like having this conversation, letting somebody know like, hey, I'm really growing in my faith. I want to prioritize things like you know, I know you know that I go to mass on Sundays, you know, well, I want to start going to the week or, you know, I don't know if you know this, but like, hey, I can't really go to brunch because I got to go to 10 a.m. mass or, or things like that. Um, never be afraid if it's if it's a, you know, a friendship that's been in place for a while, like never be afraid to invite somebody into that. You know, like that, that's a, that's part of that conversation is making the invitation saying like, hey, I'm starting to grow in my faith. I want to share some of the aspects with you. Like, Will you come to mass with me? Or, hey, let's read this book that I found like here, you know, super fascinating or something. Offering that invitation can be a beautiful endeavor for them to grow in their faith. Give them the opportunity to share in your growth of faith. Now, if they reject that and say, you know what, I'm choosing Johnny Walker over mass, then okay, now you know it's clear, right? But this kind of subtlety of never really speaking about it and just fading away, I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of that. Offer the invitation. If they reject that invitation, now you know. Um, yeah. And it makes it a little easier in that way. And I think if you do get to the point, and this is where there can be a lot of fear involved in all of this, saying, I'm the only person of my friend group that is religious. I'm the only person. I don't want to share it. I don't want to step out there. 
but I know these this friend group is toxic, but I don't know what to do without them because the other Catholics I've seen are a bunch of weirdos and I don't want to be around them. I want to be the cool Catholic. Okay, forget all of that. It's holiness. That's the only thing that matters. Just go. Holiness is the most attractive thing. You know, just grow in holiness. The other yeah. thing is, don't be afraid to, if you separate from a certain friend group, to then intentionally identify people that you do want to grow in friendship with, in holy friendship with. Like, it's really hard to separate something and now have a void in your life. And so make a plan, identify certain people saying like, hey, I recognize you, I've seen you, or I want to grow in friendship with you in these ways. And then pursue that intentionally. You know, don't don't just wait for things to naturally, organically happen. That's not how this has to be. It has to be intentional uh, full growth. Yeah, ultimately, I think in whatever situation, don't underestimate your ability to draw people to Christ, yes. even if they're adverse yes. to God. So trust that. It's an mm -hmm. important reality. So um, dumping your friends, maybe, perhaps, yeah. but perhaps it's important just to consider as you continue to grow closer to our Lord, God willing, the nature of your friendships and whether or not the relationship is conducive to your growing in holiness and asking for for the grace, the virtues to to have those conversations with friends that might be difficult to, um, you know, perhaps reach out to new people, uh, recognizing that you're probably not alone in this in this reality. <laughs> um, and that in the end, the Lord desires you to be happy and holy and that happiness mm -hmm. and holiness doesn't happen in a vacuum in isolation, but for that to be shared with other people. So trust that he's working for that too. So thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Godsplaining. Um, if it was helpful for you, thanks very much. Subscribe, like, share, do all of those things. We, of course, always thank our supporters, um, both spiritually and financially. If you'd like to help support the podcast and become a Patreon supporter, you're more than welcome to. Check out our Patreon page. Um, I guess I think the biggest thing just uh, to announce here is uh, if you haven't heard already or haven't had a minute to check out our upcoming events, our retreats this summer, you should do that um, on our web, uh, website, godsplaining.org. We have three retreats coming up this summer that you can register for, um, two in July, one for young adults, uh, one for anybody of any age. The, any, the all comers retreat will be a master class on the Eucharist. And then a retreat for young adult men in August. Um, the two in July are in New York. The men's retreat is in North Carolina. Um, so check out the website for dates, details, all of that. Uh, so hopefully we can catch a bunch of you there. In the meantime, know of our prayers for you. We're grateful for yours and God bless. Thanks for listening to Godsplaining, a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.